What I want from PlayStation in 2024 is pretty straightforward. I want games and game announcements. While we currently have a good lineup for the first quarter of the year, there are a lot of first-party studios that we have not heard from in a while. And a recent PlayStation blog gives us a good look at what is coming in 2024. But will we finally hear from a bunch of the studios that haven't said or shown anything in a long time? Many people felt that 2023 was a bit lighter for PlayStation, and the PlayStation Showcase lacked first-party announcements. Even the trailers we got from first-party games were mostly cinematic, with zero release dates or release windows. Now, I put all the good information right here at the beginning of the video so you don't have to go looking for it because it is a longer video. It's a live stream. If you want to make sure you're here for the live discussions, be sure to hit subscribe. Be sure to hit the bell button. Smash the like button as well. That way you don't miss out on my content. So what do I want from PlayStation in 2024? Well, I definitely want a bit more than we got in 2023, even though we got was solid and at times even surprising. But looking forward, I do expect marketing windows to be a bit smaller. It would still be nice to hear about games that are coming beyond the first quarter of 2024. So the first thing I want to look at are the five PlayStation games that I'm looking forward to in 2024. And one of them will probably get pushback from people, but I don't care. I think it looks fun. And secondly, I want to look at other games that are not just sort of slated for 2024, but also I think they have potential. There's also potential projects that we could hear about as well. Then I want to talk about the first party presence in 2024, both at the showcase, the state of plays, and any announcements that we might get. I do think marketing budgets are shrinking to help with growing game budgets, but that will likely affect what we will hear about and when we hear about them. Lastly, I want to look back on 2023 and talk about how it was solid but it was thinner than the previous year and I also think about what I would like to see from PSVR 2 in the future so up first the games now kicking things off with the year on January the 19th we have The Last of Us 2 Remastered now I am in a very specific position with this game okay I'm really looking forward to The Last of Us 2 Remastered I missed out on The Last of Us 2 and I have not played the first game since I borrowed my brother's PS3 and I played through it then so I'm currently playing through The Last of Us Part 1 Remake and I'm just struck by how great the game looks how ahead of a time the, the game was and and I know some PlayStation fans are not happy about another remaster but The Last of Us 2 and The Last of Us property is something that PlayStation clearly sees a future of investing in after the poor PC port and the cancellation of The Last of Us Online they need to have the game in the future really really show off and land strong especially the future seasons of the show because those directly affect when the game sells and how well it sells. Every episode of the first season actually affected game sales. So I am really, really looking forward to The Last of Us Remastered, and it is kicking off the year right away. Now, hitting a good cadence, the next game lands on February the 8th, Helldivers 2. And I think games like this are needed. Just fun co-op games with your buds. The graphics continue to surprise me whenever we see new gameplay. For a multiplayer game, it actually looks surprisingly highly detailed and it has good lighting. Oftentimes when you play games like this and you're out in open areas and multiple people are playing, a lot of the times the graphics are somewhat 
degraded. Now, I'm most interested, though, in how they support this game ongoing with content and if they do view this as one of the PlayStation Live service games. Many people have said that the PlayStation Live service experiment has failed, even though they just announced the increase in funding and have only canceled one project and pushed back others. I actually think that's a sign that they care about game quality. And if Helldivers 2 is their first foray into live service, I am interested to see how they decide to support the game in the immediacy as well as the ongoing future of the game because content really matters for games like that now on march 22nd continuing a nice cadence january then february then march we have rise of the ronin and yes i know that on february 29th final fantasy 7 rebirth is coming okay that's a huge win for playstation fans and final fantasy fans but it's just not one of the games that i'm anticipating i'm not really a final fantasy guy final fantasy 16 completely surprised me and won me over so i'll definitely make sure to give final fantasy 7 rebirth a try but i am more looking forward to rise of the ronin even if the latest gameplay has some spots that look a bit rough i know this is an art style thing okay and i know that not every game needs to be crazy photorealistic but even some of the animations like riding on the horse and some of the running they just look really rigid and rough now other animations look very fast and very fluid I'm also intrigued by the four player co-op aspect of this game so this is one that I'm certainly looking forward to and again they're kicking off the year pretty strong and and pretty quickly okay now the next game is one that I know I'm going to get pushback on but I just don't care I think Foam Stars actually looks And numerous people that were completely uninterested in this game have said how surprisingly fun it was. A quick look at all of the Foam Stars previews, you will notice a word keeps showing up, the word surprise. I saw, if you go to Google, just search Foam Star previews, okay? I saw surprise hit, surprise blast, surprisingly good time, and shockingly fun. I think this game could be a sleeper hit. Splatoon is popular for a reason, and lots of people roll their eyes and never play Splatoon or have no interest in it. I'm actually one of those people. I really have never found Splatoon. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil to be that fun so don't sleep on foam stars or write it off just because of the art style or maybe it looks like a kids game or something tons of people that have gotten their hands on this thing have said man i am surprised by how much fun that i had now last and certainly not least stellar blade was just confirmed by sony yesterday in a playstation blog to be coming in 2024 and the more gameplay i see of this game the more that i want to play it there are some obvious tropes and even some memes about the the main character's body and her healthy backside but i truly think that the comment i'm sorry the combat and the moment to moment action is the greater focus here it has all the hallmarks of a hit with the playstation audience now there are i think some things about games like this that you might not enjoy because the combat does seem incredibly fast and this trailer here was basically a cinematic trailer but if you actually skip ahead you will notice that the combat is incredibly fast very very cinematic highly animated and just the lighting and the effects it just looks absolutely fantastic i think this thing is set to be a hit with the playstation 
audience. Now, there are some games slated for 2024 that either have not been confirmed or don't have dates. They're just sort of targeting 2024, but I am definitely hoping we see some of these, okay? I don't have trailers for these ones, but Phantom Blade Zero looks to have very fast and unique combat and gameplay. Pacific Drive is a survival game with a car. You beef up and level up the car. It looks super creative and fun. Ultros has a very unique art style, and it looks like a solid little indie title, okay? Those are just some of the games that are confirmed or maybe even slated for 2024, but we don't really have dates. And then all the ones previously that I listed, we do not have a date for Foam Stars, and we do not have a date for Stellar Blade. But the first quarter of the year is looking really, really good. Something basically happening every month. Now, what about other games that I would like to hear about? Well, first on the list is Ghost of Tsushima 2. Four years after the release of the first game is a perfect time to start marketing, okay? If they release it in 2025, that would be a fantastic dev window for Sucker Punch, especially because it's a sequel. They can really lean on the existing engine, existing builds, existing assets. So building a sequel in four to five years, I just I think that's a fantastic amount of time, and I would love to see that. I would also love to see Ghost of Tsushima come to PC in 2024. Now, that's a great way to start up the marketing of the sequel. You bring the game to PC, everybody gets excited. They did this with God of War Ragnarok and God of War 2018 coming to PC. There is the question about whether or not the movie ends up sort of being why they wait. Maybe they want to wait and have the timing there and the marketing and everything kind of landing at the same time. I really hope that's not the case. I hope that the game is just able to come out when it's ready or you know when they're wanting to talk about it. So would love to hear from Sucker Punch, especially given the window of time it's been since the first game. Now, secondly, I would really like to see a strong push of PSVR 2 first-party titles. We had some great VR games this year. Call of the Mountain, even though it wasn't my cup of tea, it was too much climbing. I thought the combat was better than the climbing. I still thought it was a great graphical showcase of what the PSVR 2 can do. And in the wake of that game coming out, a bunch of studios pivoted their development to the PSVR 2 because I think they're seeing they can do so much more. Standalone units are great. I love my MetaQuest 3. I've been really enjoying Asgard's Wrath 2, but it's just not going to be able to do as much as a unit that's plugged in to a PS5. So, in the wake, though, of good games like Call of the Mountain and Synapse, we got a lot of really crappy VR ports. PlayStation needs to step in and do a much better job with quality control. Do not let these companies port their games to your VR unit and then be bad, okay? Buying a separate unit that is equal to the cost of a console and getting a ton of poor quality ports this year, that is not a way to get and keep VR customers. If these people have no idea they're playing a port, they're going to assume that it is something that is bad or wrong. They're going to they're going to return or not return. They're going to get rid of or sell their VR2 or not even use it anymore. The praise for Resident Evil VR and Synapse and Call of the Mountain I think is a sign they need to invest in more polished experiences or just find really really good games that are already out to bring a VR mode to them like we saw with Resident Evil. Third, the third thing I would like to hear about, I would really like to hear more about Death Stranding 2. Kojima certainly brings the intrigue and the interest and the first game is one that I wish I had time to play. My backlog is so full. Death Stranding is certainly there, but it's at the back of the list because this the missions and the quests, everything just takes very very long and I currently can only play for about an hour 
or maybe an hour and a half spurt and I'm that's that's perfect for like smaller scope games now fourth what is going on with insomniac in 2024 now the leaks certainly leave room for them to launch something okay do they bring this online mode to Spider-Man 2? I'm not talking about the cancelled Spider-Man MMO, okay? But their rhythm of, it looked like they wanted to release a game like Spider-Man 2 and then like a year later add online. And then Wolverine and then a year later add online. And some of the Wolverine footage did seem like there was going to be maybe some co-op and there were tons of speculation about Spider-Man 2 getting co-op. So I'm not talking about necessarily like an MMO but like an online component. And it looked like that was slated to land in 2024, for Spider-Man 2, there's also the Venom game. Like, is that actually coming? Is it coming in 2025? Are they going to start marketing it? What about Wolverine, right? The leak was certainly upsetting, but it gave us a picture into the fact that Insomniac's cooking and they got a lot on the horizon. And do we hear about any of it this year? And does anything land from them this year? There's also the possibility of just DLC Spider-Man 2. Maybe that is where the online component comes in. Maybe they do something where it's like, hey, you can play together in this update or this DLC. Lastly, Ben Studio has been working on an open-world action-adventure game using stuff, using systems from the game Days Gone. Now, Days Gone came out in 2019, so that's going to be five years. Like, when we get into 2024, that's five years later. I think it's reasonable to think that they're ready to talk or maybe even show something. And that's it for games, games coming, games I'd like to hear about. But I want to talk about first-party presence, okay? I continue to think that those of us who want first-party roadmaps, or maybe we just want more first-party presence at events, okay? We want to see them at the showcases. We want state of plays. I think we're going to continue to be disappointed, okay? Sony is handedly winning the console distribution fight. So the PlayStation Showcase of 2023 is likely the format going forward. They don't need to focus on or really distinguish between first party and third party when they're winning so many customers to their platforms all they have to do is promote and sell games they're not in a position where they need to focus on making sure like big first party games hit every quarter like xbox is focusing on xbox's strategy is tied to hitting games at a cadence to maintain and grow game pass playstation's just saturating the market with hardware at a breakneck speed and they're more focused on selling games than bolstering their subservice there's nothing wrong with either strategy they're just very different and because of that the cadence of first party is just i think going to be different for playstation now I have to say, 2024 already looks like it's going to be a better first-party cadence than 2023. You have The Last of Us 2 Remaster, Helldivers 2, Rise of the Ronin, Stellar Blade. Those are all confirmed. That's all first-party. That's four games. That's essentially matching the cadence of Xbox's first-party releases. Now, you also have games that essentially function like a first-party exclusive with Final Fantasy VII Rebirth and Foam Stars. So... I don't think if if you're wanting them to come out in a showcase or a state of play and be like, here's an update from this company and here's an update from that company and all these different things, you're not going to get that. They're, they're not going to be putting out first-party roadmaps. We also learned from the Insomniac leak, these budgets are mushrooming and ballooning and getting too big. A great way to save money is to shrink your marketing budget, which means your marketing window is going to shrink. And I think that's better for the consumers. Just this morning, I saw an article saying that they should just show the Horizon multiplayer game because people are worried after what happened to The Last of Us Online. 
No, you don't show games before they're ready. You don't talk about or debut gameplay before the game is ready. You end up showing something that is utterly divorced from the final product, and it just leads to consumer dissatisfaction. Silence and smaller marketing windows, I think, is key going forward. Now, on that note, I do want to talk about 2023 from PlayStation. I'm going to continue to say that 2023 felt solid, but it did feel thinner than 2022. 2022 had the benefit of delayed games kind of flowing over and landing in it. So you had Horizon Forbidden West, you had Gran Turismo 7, you had God of War Ragnarok. That felt so solid, it felt very full. You even had timed exclusives like Stray or Ghostwire Tokyo. That kind of helps pad out the year. So this year, 2023, it just didn't feel like it kept that momentum. But it looks like 2024 will pick up the pace once again. My main concern is not games or cadence. That actually seems well in place for 2024 with four first-party titles and two what I guess you would call second-party titles in Foam Stars and in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. That's a lot of games. That's six games. That's basically, if you play a game every other month, you're you're only playing games that are exclusive to PlayStation at that point. That's not including any of the third-party games coming out. None of that's a concern. I think games and cadence looks fantastic for both platforms. Actually, we don't know what Nintendo's doing, so I we'll have to wait for them, okay? It's honestly, to me... I'm worried or concerned with or looking at the announcements and the PSVR 2. I would really like to see more first-party announcements and more first-party games for the PSVR 2. Or just more quality releases. Stop letting those bad ports come over. So, PlayStation in 2024 is looking good, but it's still very early and a lot could change. But, that's just what I think. What do you think? So, let me give you my thoughts and my conclusions here to kind of close out the monologue the 2023 was kind of a weird year for playstation they kicked off the year with a solid dlc for horizon forbidden west and the psvr 2 that's kind of how the year opened up so for many that felt very weak they either weren't interested in vr or they felt like listen a dlc is great but that's not as strong as a new game release and i think that people were correct that was kind of a weak start to the year for most of the PlayStation audience. Now, waiting for Final Fantasy 16 after that to land in June felt like an eternity, right? That's halfway through the year, and it's not even a first-party studio. So then, the PlayStation Showcase didn't really increase hope and confidence because first-party presence was lacking. And the main first-party showcase at the Summer Showcase with PlayStation was Spider-Man 2, and everybody already knew that was coming. And Spider-Man certainly delivered. And the surprise of Valhalla DLC for God of War Ragnarok really sparked a lot of excitement. I actually think PlayStation played the marketing and the hype machine rather well in a year where they had less to release. And the proof is in the game sales, in the revenue, and the console growth. What they're doing is clearly working. The second thing I want to say is this. 2024 looks to be a stronger year for first-party games from PlayStation, but I'm more interested in all of the studios that have been quiet. I do not mind silence i don't find silence worrying since we've seen how poorly showing off a game too early has gone for so many games a lot of games that were you know doing marketing in 2020 and 2021 they're coming out now they don't look as good as they promised even the leaked wolverine gameplay proves you don't want to show a game until it's ready so the two biggest question marks for me going into 2024 is first party announcements and the psvr2 My conclusion is this, gaming just does not seem to be slowing down. It feels like we just got done celebrating the Game Awards and now we're standing on the edge of a very, very full gaming year. 
And we still don't even know what Nintendo has planned. Is is this rumored Switch 2 going to release out of nowhere? Like, we don't know. So between the three main console platforms, I actually think we're going to eat really, really good in 2024. But that's just my thoughts. Now it's time to hear your thoughts. And that's the show open. Time to talk to the live audience here. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Go through your morning ritual. Take a second, smash that like button. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel so you can talk in the chat. Subscribing is absolutely free, and then you will not miss out on my content. YouTube has been doing some updates and has been doing some things to the, to the site, so make sure that your, your, your alerts are up to date. Make sure you know Notifications are turned on. Um, make sure all those things. Um, now, somebody said Rise of the Ronin is second party. It's being published by Sony, so I don't know if is is the developer just not owned? Is oh, so Team Ninja is not owned? Okay, so you're saying it's second party. When they're publishing the game and it's exclusive to their platform, I mean, I'm on, I'm gonna count that as first party. We do the same. We do the same thing on both sides. If the game's exclusive to the platform and the console is paying for it to be made. We, we, we call that a first-party game. We, we, we call that an Xbox game or a PlayStation game. That's just the lingo that we use. The, the ownership, to me, is not as important as is it landing exclusive and who paid for the game to be made. Like That generally is what we look at. In any case, it's, it's a great rhythm for the beginning of the year. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we're starting off the day strong. Let me make sure I don't skip over anybody. Mike on the on the mic. Han shot first, and so did you. Starting off the day with a gifted member, and then coming in on top of that is John. Always, thank you so much, John. Always for doing that. And Kyle Wilkerson with 19 months and a VIP gold. Welcome back, sir. We've got some exciting announcements for members that we will announce in the new year. A new way of approaching things. Did a little bit of research and digging yesterday. Really excited with uh, with where we're where we're headed into the new year. Yo, human type person with 23 months in a VIP says one month from red the thumbnail. I couldn't find any good PNGs of characters from any of the games coming out. Like Rise of the Ronin has like one piece of art. And I figured, all right, fine. We'll give we'll give Stellar Cake a day in the sun. And uh, especially since just yesterday, they confirmed it for 2024 in the PlayStation blog. So, what are your thoughts on Helldivers 2? Yo, Jordan Lanham, aka John Lanham. I, I called him that like one of the first time. I think it was one of the first times you've gifted members. Thank you so much, Jordan, gifted a member. Guys, we are like a hundred members away from 3,000 members. We are going for that by the end of the year. You can help us hit that today, and then we'll celebrate tonight with the member stream. Friday night should be amazing. We are about... Oh, we dipped a little bit. We were 100 away. Now we're about 200 away. You guys are going to have to push. You guys are going to have to push. Last stream of... Last public stream of 2023. Well, we're, we're doing another stream with Mike in a little bit about uh about next year you know what are we looking forward to so um the same reason halo was broken into parts uh oh my thoughts on helldivers 2 so my thoughts on helldivers 2 is it actually looks really fun the question i always have for games like that is if this is one of the playstation live service games okay how are you supporting it long term like what's the content plan are you going to be able to get people to come back you know, in uh, in in two or three months, right? Are you going to be able to get people to come back 
and continue to play and keep the game going with a player funnel, but also microtransactions, right? Live service games do not, you know, they're not ongoing for free. They're going to have cosmetics and things like that or content or planets or missions. Who knows? So I think it looks fun. I think we need more knock around games for you and your buds. You know, I did a video just yesterday about the Justice League. It's actually resonating with people. People are like, I think the game looks fun. I think the game's going to be good. A lot of people are writing it off. A lot of people are breaking NDA. They're like, oh, I've played it. I played the alpha. Okay, I'm assuming they can make changes and updates and improve things. So, second party is a timed exclusive. If Sony owns the IP, it's first party no matter who makes it, just like Death Stranding. That's not what second party means, says Eugene. Second party has nothing to do with timed exclusivity. Yeah, isn't second party commonly referred to like companies that they consistently work with and pay for exclusivity? Like an example would be like Final Fantasy 16, right? Wouldn't that be I actually don't know. People throw around these terms and all I've ever all I've ever used is first party, third party, right? You just came for the thumbnail. <laughs> Well, I'm glad the thumbnail's working. If you guys like today's topic or today's thumbnail, make sure you press that thumbs up button. Uh, Lastis Gaming Man says, I, do, I just worry about the leaks before the games come out like Rockstar's new game. The other games have been having trouble with that still. I've not seen any leaks that they're having trouble with the games. Second Party is a developer who's not owned by the platform, developing a game funded and owned by the platform. Okay, okay, so... When you, you so second party refers to kind of like what I said, but not not exactly. So second party is a developer that their games being funded for this platform, and the games being developed for that platform, but they're not owned. So that I guess Rise of the Ronin would be second party then, because they don't own PlayStation doesn't own Team Ninja. Insomniac prior to acquisition was second party with Ratchet and Resistance. Okay, so yeah, I guess you could say then technically Rise of the Ronin is second party. But again, I just feel like these delineations don't matter. It's an exclusive. If you've got a PlayStation 5 and you're looking for games in 2024, you've got a very, very steady flow at the beginning. The Last of Us 2 Remastered, Helldivers, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth, Rise of the Ronin. I mean, that's that's hitting. You know what I'm saying? That's hitting very, very quickly. I did not realize the thumbnail was going to be such a problem. Guys, it's the image everybody uses for Stellar Blade. It's not my fault. You know what I'm saying? I can't control the size of the cake. You know what I'm saying? I just put it on the table. I I didn't make the image. It's not me. You know, I didn't even take the picture. The cameraman, you know, did. That's on him. I actually think the combat in Stellar Blade looks just awesome. It looks so, so good. Is the new Blade game going to be on PlayStation? I have my own theories about what's going on. I ultimately think it is going to be a multi-plat because if it wasn't, you would be shouting from the rooftops that you had a Marvel exclusive. You would be motivating people to come to your platform. You'd be motivating people to buy your console right before the holidays, and they didn't do that. So all signs point to that. I covered that in another stream. I mean, I'm open to maybe Marvel's controlling the marketing. Even then, I, I, you know, I... Even then, I don't know why Marvel would want to hide that, you know? Brian was 16 months, says, I came for the thumbnail, stayed for the content. Thank you. The cameraman understood the assignment. He did. He did. Publishers consider any game they publish to be first party, whether they own it or not. You knew what you were serving up with that thumbnail? Listen, dude, sometimes you got to put, you know, you got to put the big, you know, the big, uh, the big piece of 
I'm not going to keep doing this. Okay, let's actually have a conversation. <laughs> Loney, it cannot be overstated. You are the case in point customer for The Last of Us 2 Remastered. You only played T. Lou on PS3, and Part 1 is an ultimate upgrade for you. And you hadn't yet had time to play Part 2, so getting it for maximized for PS5 is ideal. You, Loney, are the target customer. You are not the only person like this. I think that's so well stated because so many people are either like upset or angry or like, oh, why are we doing another remaster? I'll tell you why they're doing another remaster. Because they are winning people to their platform. That's why. You think the three to one ratio is just bragging points on Twitter? No, it's a market disruption. It's a shift in the ecosystem. There are tons of people right now booting up a PlayStation 5 and saying, what should I play? I've never been in this ecosystem before. My younger brother just got his boys a PS5 after being an Xbox and Nintendo household for, I don't even know, 10 years. They have been an Xbox and a Nintendo household for 10 years. Do you want to know what happened? Over Thanksgiving, I took my PlayStation 5 and my PSVR 2 and my PlayStation Portal up to Ohio and they all saw the games and they played the VR and they played some Returnal and they played some Spider-Man or they saw some Spider-Man and they were like, I, we we want get that now like they all are they, they, they basically spent the entire week I was there taking turns with the PSVR 2 and then if they weren't doing that they were playing RoboQuest with me on Game Pass I'm telling you there are tons of new people in the PlayStation ecosystem and remakes and remasters are literally perfect they're perfect for new customers. It's like they're going to be playing some of the best PlayStation property at the highest level of graphics available in the market right now if you're a console gamer. You know what I'm saying? I want to play my favorite games of all time at current levels. Right, and I've not played The Last of Us since the PS3 version. I, I'm struck. I was playing last night, and I'm just like, this game is it's just unbelievable. I can't believe the work they put into it. It looks like a next-gen game. The water, the facial animations, the character models, the sound design, it's just fabulous. And it's like people are like, "Well, you're settling for le-. I'm not settling for less. I'm not. I paid for a game and I'm having an amazing experience. What do you do when you buy a game? Do you like double check, you know? Did they reuse any assets? Is this a remake? Is this a remaster? This weird, pedantic, persnickety insistence about like. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, You can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Like, well, I'm not actually getting tons of value unless it's all the way completely brand new. A ton of things I was hearing this year uh, about this discussion was this insistence and this focus on, oh, well, you're just getting sequels. Well, we're just getting a bunch of sequels and remasters and remakes. The insistence on everything being completely and utterly new 
I just feel like you're 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 you're, you're robbing yourself of really great experiences. Like I, I don't play a game and my experience is diminished because it's a sequel. Often it's enhanced because it's a sequel because I readily can deduce and detect how much the game has improved. Spider-Man 2 is a great example of this. God of War Ragnarok is a great example of this. Horizon Forbidden West is a great example of this. I'm hoping Hellblade 2 is a great example of this. I think that's that's not a diminishment. It's this weird it's this I don't even know where it comes from, but I think it's I think it's wrong. I do. Well, it's just my opinion. I I don't know. I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong-headed to look at every game and be like, unless it's completely and utterly brand new, I'm gonna chop it down a peg. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna diminish its success. I mean, if you look at the success of Halo, some of its fondest memories and some of its most celebrated titles are sequels. So th- I I don't think that this mentality is one that I'll ever agree with and I actually I don't even think it's healthy it's like I think you're diminishing your ability to enjoy games man who cares now I understand like if you just got done playing a remaster and you're like well they're doing a remake like I think those people have a valid disinterest I think their disinterest is completely valid they're like I just got done playing the remaster of the last of us one like what, what do I care about this remake even then, the difference between the two games was just fantastic. Like, the graphical uptick is just awesome. And I just think... I'm not really interested in defending me enjoying games or being excited about games anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to if you want to question or criticize why someone likes a game because you're, you think it's like Platform Allegiance, man, that's fine. You can, you can throw mud in a pit. I'm over here playing video games and having a good time. I just don't care about any of that. It's, I think both platforms look like they got really, really good lineups for the coming year. They really do. And then Nintendo could come out of nowhere and blow us all away. Did you see those sales numbers for Nintendo's first-party games? Even they crushed it this year. Mario Wonder, Tears of the Kingdom, Mario RPG Remake. Come on. So much good games. So many good games. Can you believe they made another Dune movie? The old one was fine. I'm not I'm not paying to see the best adaptation. See how effing stupid that sounds? Right, exactly, Eugene. Like, would anybody say that about Dune? Come on! It's one of the best sci-fi movies in existence right now, dude. Absolutely stellar. Can't wait for the second one. Yo, my man Hyde with nine months of membership and a VIP. I need to finish a platinum for T-Lu 2. I've been missing the last uh, trophy to upgrade all the guns. I beat it shortly after release. You, you want to know what's insanely satisfying in the Last of Us Part 1 remake? Is the upgrade table. I freaking love it, dude. I'll just make him get stuff out and put it away just to watch the animations. Like, I'm just, I'm like, alright. Alright, Joel, get the bag out, open it up. All right, close it back up, get it out of here. Oh, I love it. There's just, there's just, they put so much into it. Like, there's so much artistry and care into something as simple as upgrading some gear at a table. It sounds really stupid. Uh, it's just a downplay of Sony. Yeah, I mean, I'm again, I'm just not interested. I'm not interested in that conversation anymore. I'm looking forward to games from Xbox. I'm looking forward to games from PlayStation. I don't care if you think Foam Stars looks dumb. I'm going to play it. I bet you my kids are going to love it. And I'm going to have a fun time. Like, my joy and my mirth and my enjoyment is not dependent upon strangers on the internet being like, oh, I think that game looks trash. Well, then don't play it. You know what I'm saying? There's plenty of games that I look at and I'm like, dude, I wouldn't touch that game ever in my life. You know? And 
I think that's what makes the gaming world go round is all that diversity. Yeah, Ghost of Tsushima 2, man, it's time. It's time to it's time to see it. It's time to bring it out. You know, it'll be 4 years since the first game launched. Naughty Dog are ahead of their time. I think that's the other thing that happened with a lot of games. I think I think a lot of the studios they, it, in particular, it seems like a lot of the studios that, that, that are under PlayStation, it seems like their ambition was almost was almost strained and capped by the older consoles. And the minute the new console hit, the PS5 dev kit hit, it's like they all looked at it and said, oh my gosh, think of what we could do. I think it's one of the reasons games are coming to PC too. I think a lot of the devs were like, will you please? Wasn't there an interview? And the dev was like, we've been begging to put our games on PC. Why? Well, their ambition was constrained by the console hardware. They were like, dude, these games could be so much better. Ghost of Tsushima 2 would be like a PS5 Pro title. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I like the way you think, dude. Start talking about Ghost of Tsushima 2 next year. You know? Release it on that PS5 Pro. We'll release it for both, but ooh. Aaron Wright with 12 months of memberships and a Reforge writer. Happy holidays. Reforge Gaming, been a minute since I last tuned in. Looking forward to some good games. Yo, thank you so, so much, man. Welcome back. Can't wait to play Rise of the Ronin, Phantom Blade Zero, Assassin's Creed. Oh, yeah, dude. Year of the Ninja. It's Year of the Ninja and the Samurai. Rise of the Ronin looks a little janky. I'll tell you that much. I think it looks a little janky. I'm willing to admit that maybe some of those animations are from early builds early slices because some of the other animations look great and I know it's an art style thing the graphical fidelity is not that impressive but the fact that you can play with 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 more people like up to four people or something like that because I, I would say I would say that might be why some of the graphical fidelity has been tuned down which is why I think Helldivers 2 is, is kind of impressive looking usually multiplayer games they got to turn some of the fidelity uh, some of the fidelity down Love that mindset, Lono. Let's leave the console wars for the bottom feeders. We just love games. Keep moving forward. Yeah. Is this a science channel? Because I'm hearing way too many facts at once. (laughs) That's why I don't slander Naughty Dog. Yeah, man. People need to keep Naughty Dog's name out of their mouth. (laughs) I play their games. and I'm telling you, even the scenes, I'm playing that game. And, like, something will happen. you You get the truck, right? And just the scenes and the music and the tone and the setting, it sticks with you. It's like a good book or a good TV show. You know what I mean? They're all like, oh, movie games. And it's like, why is that a problem? If the game looks so good that you think it's just a movie game. Did you see the clip I tweeted from Nib from Ragnarok Valhalla? I'm like, just a movie game. Look at this combat combat system in Ragnarok is bonkers. I always watch guys like that play and I'm like I've that's not that's not the game that I play. What are what are you doing? Are you Neo? Can you see the Matrix? How do you play like that, dude? I always feel like a loser. I look at their gameplay and I'm like, dude, I don't play at this level at all. Like who how did you do any of that? Yo, Joker Quinn with a gifted member. Thank you so much. Bumping the line to four. If we hit 200 members a day, we'll be at 3,000. I'll give you guys a New Year celebration stream. It'll be a blast. That thumbnail thick. That, that thumbnail thick, though. Um, 
Rise of the Rowan Combat look like Wu, uh, Wukong. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Maybe Wolong. You meant to say Wolong. So it's going to be good. I'm sure. I can teach you. Bro, I literally watch gameplay like Nib posted, and I'm like, yeah, I would need like a sensei to train me how to play like that. I'm like, how in the world do you, how do you do that? Goal is to get Lono to retweet my clips next year. Do it, baby. I saw that clip from Nib, and I was like, what the frick are you doing, bro? What? Are, how are you playing like that? It's awesome. You guys should check it out. I, I tweeted it last night, and I was like, and I was like, I, I did like the just a movie game, like totally mocking that mentality. I was like, yeah, just a movie game. Let's see you play at this level. Uh-huh. Awesome. YouTube lurker with 19 months and a VIP gold. I think some have crossed the Rubicon from loving to play games to loving to hate games. The same people complaining about PlayStation sequels will also complain about no SOCOM. Uh, yeah, for real. For real. I've talked about this before. I call it the metamorphosis principle. And I think what has happened over the years is we have baked into our schema and our expectations about games. We have this baked in sense of novelty and new. Why? I'll tell you why. We grew up with games and the leaps and the new IPs, and the new games. It was like every time there was this new generation of console, your mind was getting blown. You're like, oh my gosh, I've never played a game like GoldenEye. I've never played a game like Gears of War. I've never played a game like The Last of Us. And as time has gone on, budgets have gotten bigger. Graphical leaps have have become less noticeable now we're focused more on like performance and lighting okay so what's happening is you see a sequel you see a remaster you see a remake and you're like where's the novelty where's the new why well you spent 20 or 30 years constantly being fed new games new games new games new ip new ip huge graphical leap huge graphical leap and you're like that's what gaming's all about and that's not happening right now. We're not getting this steady flow of brand new IPs or kicking down the door graphics. We're getting very good looking games that I think look significantly better than the last generation. But the leap from this generation compared to last generation, I think the leap is smaller. If you look at the leap from like PS3 to PS4, and then you look now like PS4 Pro to PS5. Look at games like Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima was gorgeous on the PlayStation 4. It just didn't have the frames per second. And then you get this nice new update and you're like, this game looks incredible. So the leaps are there, but I think what's going on is people aren't deducing the leaps the same way they used to. Like what Eugene's saying, he's like, my mind is still being blown because I'm seeing scale changes. I'm seeing little things, little touches, increased immersion. Right, yeah, and if you've played any of the new VR experiences like Resident Evil and stuff, you you're sensing those leaps. But what I think is happening is I think other people, because the leaps aren't as big, they're just like less impressed, less enthused. So I understand why somebody would be standing in 2023 or on the precipice of 2024 and being like, more sequels and more remasters, and it's like, 
Yeah, what's the problem with that? Like, why is your expectation that that should never happen or that shouldn't be a thing? Like, why? I'm telling you, it's the metamorphosis principle. Gaming, as it changed, also changed you. And your expectations are largely shaped by your experiences. And those experiences have shaped expectations to stare cynically and critically at anything that's not brand new and mind-blowing. Why do you think showcases always get poo-pooed? That was boring. Where are all the new games? We already know about this game. Look at this lame indie title. Like, I'm telling you, that's where that comes from. That's that... It's like they don't see it. It's like they don't see how they've been sort of twisted and bent into somebody that's like you can't... It doesn't sound like you can enjoy anything now unless it literally blows your brain out of the back of your head with graphics and a brand new IP. And a lot of the new IPs don't do so well because they don't have the brand recognition. They don't They don't have that reach. Like Hi-Fi Rush, one of the best games of 2023 for Xbox, and its, its consumption level on that console is low it doesn't it's like what in the world why new ip not as recognizable what probably got downloaded and played more what halo call of duty recognizable big ips it's just the way it's just the way the market's trending there's nothing you can do about it these companies are risk averse they're not going to invest in new ip they're not going to invest in all this new technology if they're not going to be able to make a return on it and and when they do you can see some of the new ips struggle immortals of avium brand new ip gameplay that i thought was really enjoyable graphics performance was 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 iffy it didn't have the greatest performance but the graphics and the vibe didn't do well enough crashed and burned and for all intents and purposes, it's not a bad game. It's not. Nobody played Immortals of Avium like, this is trash. This is terrible. I don't know, Elden Ring did fine. Do we have to really say that, though? Like, look what Eugene's saying. Come on, dude. Elden Ring was 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 a new IP. Like, wink, wink. It was Dark Souls 4. Come on, dude. Like, <laughs> I loved Elden Ring. It deserved all the praise it got. But just changing the name of the game, like, come on. We've had this discussion about Starfield. Starfield imports so much from Fallout. It's Fallout 5. Like, it's that's not even hate. That's just being honest. You, you Do you honestly think just slapping a new name on the game would, would, would change it? Like, if, if instead of you playing as Kratos, you played as some other god, and instead of calling it God of War, they called it, you know, God of Death... People would be like, yeah, we know what this is. It, come on. You wouldn't say, I sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger there. Come on. Come. <laughs> Get to the chopper. You understand what I'm saying, right? Like, just slapping a new name on the game doesn't make it a new IP. That's kind of cheating. <laughs> it's like, you know? Like, was Miles Morales a new IP because it didn't? it wasn't Spider-Man 2? It was it was a new IP, but it wasn't. Come on, it are we? It, so Miles Morales was a brand new IP. No, it, they use the same map and they use the same assets and enemies. Come on, that's ridiculous. You got it. You got to call a spade a spade sometimes, dude. Sometimes you sound like Bill Cosby. I don't. That's not the compliment it used to be. You know, you put the pudding. That, that's. 
You don't want to. You don't want to sound like. You don't want to sound like him anymore. <laughs> oh golly, Miles is in the same universe though. But you understand what I'm saying, Lone Wolf. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, and sounds like a duck, and you put a top hat on it, it doesn't make it a, a, the Monopoly guy. Like it's a, still a duck. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You got, you got, you, the obsession with new IP, we had this discussion a while ago, yeah, is Star Wars Outlaws a new IP? I think it's a new video game IP, yes, Jedi Fallen Order was a new video game IP, it's not new intellectual property, Hogwarts Legacy was a new video game IP, okay, it's not new intellectual property, it's certainly leaning on Harry Potter's popularity, and Jedi Fallen Order and Survivor certainly is leaning on the popularity of Star Wars, right? Yeah, Avatar. That is why Avatar is just Far Cry with giant Smurfs. I don't why is oh, that game uh, the way that game's been treated. I just want to. F- okay, so when you play a platformer Metroidvania, and you get double jumps wall jumps, dashes, and different types of attacks. Are you like, <laughs> bro, I just, I've played Metroidvania and platformer games and have done this before. I'm taking points off. This is lame. We don't do we don't do this with other genres. People did the same thing to Liza P. It's too much like other FromSoft games. Pump the brakes. Is it a bad game? Is the combat bad? Is level design bad? Did they make game development faux pas? No, it's just similar to something you played before. Why is that a problem? Why is that a negative? I can't believe this samurai game has swords in it. I've played games with swords in it before. I'm taking points off. It's like games, all good art is 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 somehow inspired by stolen by taken from something else every time and we deduce similarities in games and we think that's like some kind of a fault why imagine being like a latecomer to video games and imagine that you've never touched a far cry game before Do you honestly think those reviews of Avatar Frontiers of Pandora are helping you? Are they? Are they helping you? Are they giving you an assessment of the game's quality? No. They're telling you the game is bad because it's similar to a bunch of games you've never touched. So that person could play Avatar Frontiers of Pandora and be like, this is an amazing game. Digital Foundry thinks it's one of the best-looking games this year. Now, that doesn't make for a good game. I'm not saying that. One of the best-looking games this year. But because it has content loops and content rhythms that are similar to other games, it's a bad game? That, That doesn't make any sense to me. It it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I don't get it. I killed bosses in Elden Ring, and I got souls from them. Oh, it's not souls, though. <laughs> oh, I go to a bonfire. Well, it's not a bonfire. It's a side of grace. Oh, okay. 
Did anybody take points off from Elden Ring for being having incredibly similar systems to previous games? Did anybody do that? I can't believe it, dude. <laughs> I kill enemies, get souls, and I spend them to level my character up. Unbelievable. Why can't we get new games? What? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Avatar devs aren't the Far Cry devs, they're the Division 2 devs. Massive did an incredible job with that game. I didn't... I don't get it. I don't get it. The the loathing and the criticism and the hate for sequels or remasters or games that just do something that's like super familiar. It's like, oh yeah, I've I've played I've played a game like this before. Yeah. I that's I don't think that's a problem. Some did, but the FromSoft fans dogpiled them. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there are people that, that looked at Elden Ring and said, oh, it's just open-world Dark Souls. Yeah, they're right there in chat, right on time. ER is open-world Dark Souls. Yeah, a lot of people said that. I'm not saying that's valid. I'm saying we don't... We, we, we pick and choose. We pick and choose when we want to invoke the I've played this before. We pick and choose. Did anybody do that with Halo Infinite's campaign? Halo Infinite's campaign got a ton of praise. Didn't you do a ton of things in the Halo Infinite campaign you had done before? Didn't you use weapons and fight enemies that you have seen before? That didn't seem to be the problem. That that, that didn't seem to be a problem. People enjoyed it. It got good reviews. We pick and choose when we want to invoke this as like, well, no, 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 this game can do it. This game, no. And I think a lot of the times it comes down to pre- predetermined like preemptive biases like oh yeah I don't Ubisoft this, this Ubisoft formula far far cry avatar like tons of other games continue to utilize the same systems that they've used before the same weapons that they've used before same mechanics same enemies now that doesn't mean they didn't add more but I, I'm telling you I, I feel like we pick and we choose when we invoke this criticism There are tons of people who love Starfield. Starfield lifted like wholesale systems from from past games. Like there are things inside of Starfield that literally if you showed it to somebody who woke up from a coma and you told them it was Fallout 5, they would believe you. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, this is all very familiar. The skill tree, the weapon system, the inventory system, how you pick up guns, how you manage your guns, how you manage the ammo, your your the way you switch weapons, all of it." You'd be they, they would believe you. Does that make... Do we criticize the game and say, yeah, there's just a bunch of stuff in here directly from past Bethesda games? No, we don't do that. I I criticize Starfield for completely different reasons. Horizon Zero Dawn is just Far Cry Primal. I like Elden Ring and I call it open world Dark Souls, but that's not a slight. Although, I think the open world hurts replay. I'm telling you what they need... I think I honestly think what 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 Elden Ring needs is a uh, is is procedural generation. They need to give you a boss rush where you can have procedurally generated environments and dungeons where the environments are like set pieces that move and intertwine and then the boss is different every time and after you beat that boss, you get to go to the next. You just take all of the amazing bosses. Now you might have to l- use larger arenas. Some of the dungeons have really small arenas like you can't put some of those bosses down in like this teeny tiny place. 
Oh my gosh, that would be that would be amazing. That would be fantastic as as a, as a piece of content. The sense of entitlement with gamers is beyond ridiculous. They overly criticize any and everything. They spend more time critiquing games and playing. That's what I'm saying, dude. I'm having I'm having fun playing video games. <laughs> and I can't enter the headspace of looking at something that's really good and being like, well, it's not completely and utterly brand new, therefore, it's bad. Like, I can't do that. I can't enter that mindset. Because we've played so many games over the years that have been fantastic, and they're sequels. Or they're clearly, like with Elden Ring, clearly it's Dark Souls at its heart. And that's fine that's not a slight the only reason people think that's a slight is like no 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 look at the name it's elden ring it's new what come on (laughs) again if somebody woke up from a coma today and you gave them that game modded to be dark souls 4 they wouldn't even blink they'd be like sweet why are the bonfires called sites of grace oh just uh, that uh, we're just just ignore that (laughs) boss man david for five dollars says i don't know man how can you blame somebody uh people for wanting something new would you go to see a remake of avengers endgame every five years even if you know how it ends it depends it really does it depends on the casting it depends on the quality of what, what i'm seeing from the trailers it depends on is there some new technology they're able to harness that they weren't able to harness 10 years ago? I don't know. It's very, very dependent. I'm not blaming people for wanting something new. We've got new games coming. For all intents and purposes, Helldivers 2 is brand new because it's a completely different game than the first. It's not top-down. It's it's more action-oriented. It's third-person. It, for all intents and purposes, it's a brand new game, okay? Just because it's a sequel, again... You look at that and think, no, no, there's already Helldivers. It's a completely different game. Imagine if a Diablo 5 comes out and it looks like like Hellblade and God of War Ragnarok. You'd be like, well, this is a brand new game. This isn't some dungeon crawler loot chase game. This is open world action adventure, you know, whatever. Maybe it's an open world action MMO or something. But you've got Rise of the Ronin coming. You've got Stellar Blade coming. You've got Foam Stars coming. Are we really lacking in in new games coming? I don't think we are. I think plenty of new games are coming. It blows my mind that Elden Ring was popular, the most boring game I played. It was boring? How is it boring? Yo, B. Carter is legit, pushes the button and takes us to 5 out of 25, tempting maybe somebody to drop a 20 bomb on the day we are 200 members away from 3000 that's our stretch goal for the year this is our last day to hit it before we're done with public streaming in 2023 i do have a second stream today with my good man 30 and so gaming looking forward to gaming in 2024 yeah yeah concord is is new we don't we've not seen anything but that's new ip for sure Helldivers 2 looks the same besides the perspective. That's not a stab at it because the first one was awesome. Okay, but hang on. That sentence is no disrespect. That sentence is nonsense. It looks the same, 
besides the perspective. Well, then it doesn't look the same. <laughs> a five bomb from Willie Kale. Did I miss anybody's tips or anything? Let me make sure I didn't miss anything. Any super chats or any gifts? Hang on. I feel like I did. No, I didn't. Okay. I mean, it looks the same, except for the fact that it's completely different. Like, it's not going to feel the same. It's not going to play the same. It's not even going to appeal to the same type of people. It's a completely different game. Like, Diablo, again, Diablo 5, looking like a Hellblade or a God of War Ragnarok, you wouldn't be like, yeah, it's basically the same. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's, and again... I think we are getting lots of new, but we're also getting sequels and we're also getting remakes and remasters. And here's what I think commonly people fall into. They feel like in the place of all these remakes, remasters, and sequels, if those were all brand new games, I'd be happier and gaming would be better off. And I think that is... This is going to sound mean, but I just think that's juvenile and entitled. It's just juvenile and entitled. That doesn't seem like a mature, like, level-headed view. It's like, there are so many games coming, and you want every sequel, every remaster, every remake replaced with a brand new game. I just think that that's... I just... I don't think it's even remotely in line with... With, with reasonable expectations, market realities, what we know about games and game budgets and how expensive they are. Like, everyone's complaining about the cost of games. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Games and... Oh, I can't believe they're going to try to raise the price of games again or, you know, what they're doing with Spider-Man 3 allegedly, like breaking it into two parts, $50 a piece. Dude, I'm fully in support of that. If we get good content and good games, I'm willing to pay for quality. I'm not going to sit here and penny pinch my way through gaming. I'm just not going to do that. It's like, if you want to approach gaming that way, man, you go right ahead. But I just think you're going to be continually frustrated by the fact that, like, well, I can't believe the budgets are getting higher and the games are getting more expensive, but I also want them to do a bunch of things that are incredibly risky and and financially reckless. Those are things that would also drive prices up or just drive companies out of business. If they're never capitalizing on the fact that, well, our last game was really successful, maybe we should do a sequel. Well, this game property is booming right now. Maybe we should do a remaster or a remake. Like, how dare companies do something that is in line with good business sense and keeps the lights on? Dan, uh, I'm sorry, Dave1D with 11 months of memberships. Hope y'all had a good Christmas, and 24 is going to be a banger for gaming. Yo, thanks so much for being here. I'd rather pay a few more dollars for quality than a few less for crap. I have no problem paying $50 for a game and then a year later paying another $50 for the second part. I have no problem with that. If the net gain for me is really quality, really polished, good delivered product, I don't care. 
well, you're just a corporate shield. Just bend out. No. No, it's a symbiotic relationship. You, you, If you pay into something that you value and you keep getting value out of it, and you're like, yeah, but in the past we paid less. No, in the past we paid more. We paid way more for games back in the day. We paid, according to inflation, we paid roughly $100 per game for games that cost the studios way less to make and they were much smaller in scope and they had much smaller teams working on them. And the, the, the size of the studios and the projects and the scope of the games that we play now, it's unbelievable what we get to experience. And I just think we constantly bite and spit in the face of the hand, you know, we bite the hand that feeds and spit in the face of what are all these emails? Um, oh, my wife did a bunch of subscribe and save uh, cancels. Good golly. My entire, my oh my word, it took over my it took over my entire inbox. I was like, well, either a bunch of people ordered some coffee or uh, <laughs> or uh, something else happened. Guys, thanks so much for being here. In about 15 minutes, I've got another stream for you. It's gaming in 2024. What we're looking forward to, what we're hoping to see, what we're expecting. Make sure you're here for that. Smash the like button on this stream. Let's set our sights on 300 likes. And let's set our sights on getting 200 members today, All right, We had a big Friday last week. Let's have another big Friday today. Let's end the year with a bang. And we'll be at 3,000 members to end 2023. And then we'll celebrate on New Year's with you guys. Immortals of Avium is really fun. And it's on a good sale. I recommend trying it out. Immortals of Avenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a different game. <laughs> Immortals of Avenue. You know, just walking around the street. Were NES games worth $50? For what they offered, 15 to 20 would have been a fair price, but that would mean current pricing is more than fair. 50 bucks was $100 in 1990, and 50 was 80 bucks in the mid-90s, last time I checked. No, according to inflation back, back then... Games were actually not 50 bucks. We've went and looked at this. Nintendo 64 and Super Nintendo era, you were going to the store and you were buying a video game for anywhere from 60 to $80. Now, according to inflation, 60 to $80 is somewhere between 100 and $120. So we were spending more money back then for games that were smaller than what we play now. Look at what you spent on Ocarina of Time, and then look at what you spent on Breath of the Wild. The comparison is staggering. You spent less money on Breath of the Wild, and you got a game that could gobble up and consume Ocarina of Time and spit it out size-wise. I'm not talking quality-wise. I think they're both fantastic games. But size-wise, scope, all of it, budget, come on. They're, they're not. It's not even comparable. So, if you want new games and you want new IP, number one, I think we're getting them. I think we're getting a very, very steady flow of that. If you hate remasters, if you hate remakes, if you hate sequels, I think you need to find a new hobby. Because I think you're just going to continue to be full of hate. And a hobby that drives you to hate isn't a healthy hobby. I mean that. If, if you froth at the mouth and get angry and get emotionally wound up about the fact that these companies want to make money... These companies 
want to sell remakes, remasters, and sequels. They want to stay open. They want to make a profit. If that's bothersome to you, I think you need to find a new hobby. I think this hobby is unhealthy for you. I, I don't think I would ever be in a hobby and be like pocket checking the companies that make the products that I like. I just don't think I would doing that. Yo, a gifted member from DK Bagger taking us to 11 members on the day. Thank you so much. Good to see you, Javier Cotto. Shelly, with seven months of membership, says, PlayStation's been pretty fortunate with all their new IP risks being multi-million dollar sellers. The Last of Us, Horizon, Days Gone, Tsushima. Will the new IP streak end? That's the other thing that I think always gets lost in the discussion. We, In the last how many years? In the last five or six years, we have we've just consistently got tons of new IPs and now the the, the dividends of that the, the the benefit of all those successful IPs have been sequels remasters remakes I think that's such a well-made point like what do you want them to do they take the risk they launch a new IP and they just be like <laughs> well that's we're done well let's do something else like they took a huge risk with horizon Yo, another gifted member coming in. Thank you so much. Uncle Liberty. And a $2 super chat tip from Sneaky Wolf says, Batman Forever on Super Nintendo was $95. Horizon, Ghost, and Spider-Man are new IP. Now, you you gotta be careful with Spider-Man. I do admit you have to say that Spider-Man was a new game IP. It's not a brand new IP. Like, they didn't create a brand new character that was suddenly a hit. Right? You know what I'm saying? You gotta be fair there. Like, you know, like it wasn't like super risky. You know, I don't know if anybody's gonna like this character. It's freaking (laughs) Spider-Man. Like, it's not quite the same. Like, I I think the biggest risk... A company has taken in in the last you know I don't know five five to eight years. One of the biggest risks we've seen with new IP was Horizon, completely different type of game from Gorilla, and a brand new character, a, a, a female redhead who's not like dialing in the hot girl tropes. I actually think Aloy's beautiful. I think people are weird and obsess and and photoshop her pictures to make her look make her look different than she looks in the game. I actually think the character model is absolutely gorgeous. I think people are stupid, but that was a risk. That was a risk, man. People are like gorillas doing that? Okay. They talked about that in a, in a blog post recently. How they were like, "I don't know." <laughs> This is, uh, this could go poorly, you know? Yo, Lord Horde was seven months. Some Neo Geo games were 200 bucks. <clears throat> people love redheads? Yeah, yeah, I know, but there's people with, you know, weird. People are weird. I think people just want variety or cadence from their studios. I think the point is the studios themselves become franchise players. It's not that they want new they want Naughty Dog to do another new thing I Shelly listen I actually have no problem with people being like yo what's going on Naughty Dog what's going on but 
if you look at the the rhythm, I think Naughty Dog's made the right call. I think they've made the right call. A, a very passionate, very well done remake, and then a remaster. What do you think that's doing? It's funding a very good, well built, completely next gen Last of Us Three. Now, if they would have not done any of that, and they would have made sure they rushed Last of Us 3 to market, we'd have a cross-gen Last of Us 3, and you'd have this inconsistent catalog of The Last of Us. You'd have a remaster of Part 1, and then you'd have <clears throat> you'd have Last of Us Part 2, which admittedly already looks pretty good. It does. I'm, I'm anxious to see the re- I'm anxious to play the remaster. But Last of Us Part 2 has aged very well. It's not that bad. But what they've done now is they've funded a completely next-gen Last of Us Part 3, and then their catalog will be super consistent. You will be able to boot up a PlayStation 5 or PlayStation 5 Pro or a PlayStation 6, and you will be able to play Last of Us Part 1, 2, and 3, and they will all look phenomenal, with 3 probably having the most, you know, shine. Barrier says it's only been three years since their last new game. That's something else that people have to remember. It's only been three years since The Last of Us Part 2. What the frick is the problem? Are we holding other studios to that rhythm cadence? Are you? Are you going to all these other studios right now and you're like, yo, it's been three years since your last game. What are you doing? Where's your games? What's with all these remasters and remakes? It's only been three years. Are you doing that to any other studio? Are you? Where's the cadence from uh, from the coalition? Where's the cadence from three four three? Where's the cadence from all these other studios? Are they cranking out bangers every three years? I don't think they are. I think Insomniac tricked everybody into thinking that that cadence was even possible because most of the games they've released in the last you know three to five years have built off of Spider Man. So you got Spider Man, you got Miles Morales, you got Spider Man Remastered, you got Spider Man Two. That makes up a lot of their games like that they've that they've been able to launch. And I think that tricked everybody into thinking that that cadence is even reasonable. Do we go to any other studio and do that? Is anybody going to Sucker Punch and being like, "Yo, where's where's Ghost of Tsushima? What's going on, Sucker Punch? We want something new." Like when they released the Ghost of Tsushima's director's cut, was like that a problem? Was that an issue that they did that instead of releasing something new? It's that the cadence isn't fa- it's not fair. I'm not talking about Naughty Dog like that. I just mean as a broader point. I've seen tons of PlayStation fans expressing irritation with Naughty Dog not releasing something new and instead doing a remake and a remaster. And then obviously online getting canceled was upsetting for people. But it's like it's been three years since their last new title. Are you doing that to any other studio? Are you? I don't think anybody's doing that to a single studio out there being like, yo, it's been three years. Where's your games? What you got? Where's your trailers? Where's your announcements? Where's your gameplay? You want Naughty Dog to cook as long as they need, because they don't, they don't, they bring, they bring excellence to the table. We want factions? With love in my heart, get over it. You're not getting it. You never even saw it. You never even saw it. You just got to get over that. You want it? You're not getting it. Sorry. Games get canceled all the time. This is why you don't announce things that early. You just shouldn't do it. Where's my Ghost of Tsushima remastered? You don't need a remaster of Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima is at a level that it doesn't need to be remastered. Play the director's cut on a PS5. It's gorgeous. 
it's 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 fantastic looking. The art style carries that game. You don't need a, you don't need a, a remastered Ghost of Tsushima with ray tracing or any of that. Now, if they do that, fine. But Ghost of Tsushima launched too close to PS5. It was a late gen title, and so it just doesn't need it. Now, somebody might say, "Well, then why does The Last of Us Two need to be remastered?" I would say The Last of Us Two being remastered is tied to a full court press with that IP. It's different. It's different. And they might do a remaster of Tsushima. I don't know. Maybe they do a remaster. We know they're probably going to bring it to PC. We know they've got this movie coming. Maybe they do the same thing. Like, oh yeah, full court press. What's good, Feed? I see you in the chat. Last of Us uh, 2 didn't need one either. You know what's wonderful about that? You don't have to buy it. And if you do, it only costs you $10. Oh, you didn't buy it? You've never played it? Then you don't get to talk about it. Like, you don't get to say, this didn't need it, they shouldn't have done this, they shouldn't have made this. Did you buy it and play it? No? Then what do you care? You did buy it, you did play it, you can upgrade for $10. And if you don't want to, it's really easy to not do that. You just don't buy it. It's not affecting you in any way. Yeah, there's apparently a remaster of Horizon Zero Dawn coming out. A five bomb from Skiffy Skiffles, taking us to 17 members on the day. Let's try to hit 25 before I go hang out with Mike. They came out the same year. Last of Us 2 and Ghost went for Game of the Year. That's a terrible argument. That's an that's an assertion. That's not an argument. Why is it a terrible argument? Why? Why are you entitled to get to determine what a developer does with their property? If you bought The Last of Us Part 2 and you want to get the remaster, it's $10. If you didn't buy The Last of Us Part 2, then why do you care? What does it matter to you as a consumer? Any consumer on the spectrum trying to act like The Last of Us 2 Remastered stupid, they shouldn't have made it. Number one, it's a small team. And number two, it's completely optional. Number three, they're doing right by the consumers who already purchased it. So your beef with it is nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense. What's the What's the problem? You're doing the same thing with Ghost of Tsushima? Ghost of Tsushima is different because they're not pushing that property out into other places yet. The Last of Us Part 1 came to PC. The Last of Us had a TV show. The Last of Us has a different property prominence for PlayStation's goals. The same thing could happen with Ghost of Tsushima. They could do a remaster of Ghost of Tsushima. They opted to do a director's cut instead. I don't know why they made a different decision, but guess what? Ghost of Tsushima's director's cut served a very similar purpose. It added new stuff, and if you wanted the new stuff, you could spend the $10 to upgrade. So, what's what's the problem here? It's virtually the exact same thing. Didn't need to do a remaster. They did a, they did a director's cut. Yo, I totally missed this. Sorry, we're in the middle of a, a heated debate here. Skiffy Skivels with 27 months and a VIP, and a 5-bomb from MASH, and a 10-bomb from Rissick. Coming in and taking us up. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's uh, 32 members on the day. We'll see if you guys go crazy. Like, they basically did the same thing with Ghost of Tsushima. They just didn't call it a remaster. Yeah, they upgraded textures, resolution, frame rate, added 3D audio. They adjusted the... um the uh, uh, the animations for the voice acting and it was a $10 upgrade so 
Who's contradicting themselves? I don't think I'm contradicting myself. I think you are. Ghost of Tsushima got a director's cut. The Last of Us got a remaster. They're different words, and they're very similar in execution. Extremely similar in execution. A $10 upgrade to have a slightly bo- like to have a better looking game. And if you don't want it, then you don't buy it. They also did the 60 FPS update to Ghost of Tsushima for free. Sure, because I played it before the director's cut. That was what I was waiting for was the 60 FPS. I don't get it. Like, what's the problem? Do you think most of the frustration with The Last of Us 2 Remaster was that it was not received as well by many of the players compared to The Last of Us 1? I mean... The Last of Us, the Last of Us 2 is just a weird game. It, it, like, people hate it because... I don't even want to get into that debate. I'm tired of talking to people that that throw around the word woke like it means anything anymore. I just, I'm not interested in talking to people like that. I'm not. I would just assume go back in time and try and teach quantum mechanics to a caveman. I just have no interest in talking to people that are on that wavelength. I just don't. And if that feels condescending, good. I don't want to talk to people like that. I'm just not interested. You know, gotta play as a girl in Star Wars Outlaws. This is woke. I have no interest in conversing with you. Yeah, I just... Last of Us 2 is woke. I just don't feel like talking to you. I don't. It's just not fun. It's not a conversation worth having. You know? I think The Last of Us Part 2 is always going to be a divisive game, and I just, I'm tired of talking about those aspects of the game. It just isn't interesting to me. It just isn't. And, and and for that game to constantly be criticized and hated and, oh, the remaster, why are they doing a remaster? I... People got just as upset. People got just as upset about the uh, about the, the Ghost of Tsushima's director's cut and they got just as upset at the Death Stranding director's cut. It's always this, if it's not new, I hate it. You know. If it's, if it's not new, I hate it. And it's like, ah, okay. Christmas convoy I had with my brother over Spider-Man 2 is depressing. Yeah, people were calling Spider-Man 2 woke. Why? There's a deaf person in it. Like, okay. <laughs> I, I, I would just assume hit my head with a shovel before taking my brain into the gutter of that conversation. That ignorant, just absolutely stupid conversation. I would, I would probably rather risk brain damage from a blow to the head than talk to people like that. I just don't care. It's... It, it, it makes me feel dumber. It just don't have any interest in it. Just buy a t-shirt that says, everything I don't like is woke, and then, and then we know not to talk to you. People want a variety of cadence from the studios. My point is, the PlayStation studios themselves become brands in and of themselves. It's not that they want new, it's that they want the team to try something new in between. Shelly, I get that. I get that. And I actually appreciate your perspective on this. We've got to go to the stream with Mike. <clears throat> I actually appreciate your perspective on this, that like naughty dogs become like a, like a, like a thing that people cheer for. Insomniac. Like look at what happened with the Insomniac. The Insomniac, you know, leaks. The, the brands themselves, they become almost like monolithic. Insomniac, Naughty Dog, Gorilla, Sony Santa Monica. 
are we really running around talking about 343 like that? Like, not really. They haven't really earned it, obviously, with, you know, Halo 5 and, and, and the most recent, you know, rockiness of Halo Infinite. But I, I agree that people look to them as almost like these monolithic, you know, wish granters. It's like, oh, you guys are just going to always deliver greatness. I think a lot of these companies are literally, they're, think of it this way. And then I've got to go to the show with Mike. The valley between generations always has things that disappoint people. Horizon Forbidden West and God of War Ragnarok were criticized as being held back by the PS4. We believe in generations. I believe in context and actually reading things in their length, not ripping something out of context so I can make YouTube videos about it, right? We believe in generations became this huge, you know, point of criticism for PlayStation. Why? We are in the valley between generations. So you get games that are cross-generationally supported, and that's a problem. And everybody's mad, and everybody's angry. Because, you know, turning your back on 120 million customers to make games for, you know, 10 million customers, that's good business sense. Because anybody with a microphone and a camera can wax eloquent about business practices of video game companies, right? Oh, you cross-generationally supported? What happened to We Believe in Generations? So... That valley also has the negative of a bunch of companies are quiet right now. A bunch of companies are quiet. Coalition goes nose down. Haven't heard anything from them. They're 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 messing with Unreal Five. Haven't heard anything about State of Decay Two. Uh, State of Decay Three. Yeah, Sucker Punch, uh, Naughty Dog, Ben Studio. Everybody's nose down. So you you either get a cross generationally supported game that everyone criticizes and hates on, or you get companies that go quiet and both things are equally hated it's like say something announce something let us see something or you launch something cross-generational people like well this game was held back that's not really a ps5 game i i don't i don't you know what i'm saying i don't understand i think both both frustrations i get it but if you look at where we are we're in that valley between generations. One platform has delivered consistent cross-generationally supported games along with next-gen-only titles. And another platform hasn't. Okay? Both of those realities are the result of the fact that we're in a valley between generations. And that's why I'm just like, dude, I don't care if these game companies go quiet. I don't care if I have to wait a long time for something for Naughty Dog. I don't care. Because a a cross-generation Last of Us 3 probably would have been fine. But I feel like we're probably going to get something a whole lot better. And it's only been three years since their last game. Their last new game. So, thank you for making sure and taking care of Javier Cotto. Javier Cotto gets a gifted member from John Always, and I've got to schedule this stream and go to Mike. We're, we're, we're late. I don't even have the stream scheduled yet. This has been a really good conversation. I want you guys to keep that heat and keep that conversation going because we are going to be talking about gaming in 2024, what we're looking forward to. And I want you guys to keep this going. The gist is, gamers are fickle, ignorant, and generally pretty entitled. I wouldn't want to be a dev and also be online. I feel bad for all devs. It's a thankless industry. 
Yeah, it's always, it's always, uh, I think, I think 30 and so gaming is one of the people that always says this. It's, it's always like, what have you done for me lately? Like, so all, all these, Ooh, gross. Why did we turn that back on? I hate that. No, turn that off. That for you tab is awful. No, it's hideous. No. Okay. I turned that back off. Oh, I hate that. Like three big giant videos that aren't even recent. I had three uh, live live shows uh, from earlier this year, like game uh, game awards, future game show, and something else, and they're gigantic. It's like, no, I hate that tab. It's I get what they're trying to do, but it's hideously executed. Um. All right, gaming in 2024 expectations. Here we go. Uh, Got to schedule a stream with Mike and set up redirect. So what I want to know from you guys is what what are the big games that you guys are expecting uh, next year? Um, I'm gonna put us. I'm gonna keep us in the stellar in the stellar blade. Uh, category. I feel like that's a pretty anticipated game. Pretty highly searched game right now since they just confirmed it yesterday. And uh, the thumbnail turned out really, really nice. And I'm going to give you guys a link in just a second. I'm going to give you guys a link in just a second. Uh, I'm scheduling now. And you guys can keep the gifted member train going. 33 out of 50. Every 25. I give 5. And, uh, all right, schedule. And I'll gift those when we get over, uh, to the new, uh, new stream. Cellarblade versus Hellblade 2. Who you got in 2024? Oh, I'm really looking forward to Hellblade 2 a whole lot more than Stellar Blade. Stellar Blade looks awesome, but I think Hellblade as a piece of property is just so much more intriguing. And I'm I'm extremely biased. I loved the first game. I played it three or four times. I've got like 40 hours in the game on Steam. Um, yeah. Hellblade 2 more poignant, maybe impactful. Yeah, I just... Hellblade's a real special game. Real special game to me. Um, so, ready when you are. Mike patiently waiting over here for me to come to the show 10 minutes late uh let me change the thumbnail too since what i want 2024 from playstation this was a good conversation i mean i got wound up i got passionate because like i'm just i'm excited about so much coming next year and i just am getting kind of worn out by the if it's not new i hate it crowd i just i don't know I, I, I appreciate where Shelly was coming from. I still don't resonate with that since Naughty Dog is only three years out from their last game. Like, I, I feel like that invalidates the, a lot of the criticisms that I've seen. It really invalidates them. It's like, what's the problem? It's been three years. I don't think we've approached any other dev that way. Now, you've made a good point that these devs almost become monolithic. They almost become their own brand, you know, and, and, and people look to them in, in ways that are, are different. And I think that's probably true. That's probably true. And that's probably why people, are, I think, are unfairly 
coming at Naughty Dog like they're out of step or something. It's like, okay, how many other studios released a game three years ago and haven't said anything and don't have anything new and don't have any announcements or trailers or gameplay? Like, come on, what are we doing here? You know? Um... Okay. Alright, I'm gonna send the classic tweet. Um we've we, we've been doing uh expectations. We've been doing these tweets with videos. If you guys have enjoyed those on Twitter, you know, feel free to interact with them, retweet them, like them. Um And, uh, but I'm going I'm to do the classic tweet with just a link to let people know what we're doing. Uh, there we go. All right, let me get on this call with Mike. i got to unmute PC audio. Start the video call. Yo, yo, what's good, Mike? What's going on, man? All right. How's your Christmas? Oh, it was great, dude. It was like the exact Christmas I wanted. Chill, stayed at home with the kids, did stuff with church. It was everything I wanted. How, how was yours? It's good. Went down, visited some family in uh, South Florida, and then uh, got back uh, about two days ago. So, nice relaxing time. I, I like getting away from uh, from uh, social media, screen, oh, yeah. everything else. Just a nice time. Okay, guys, there's a link in chat. That's where we are headed. That's where we are headed. A brand new stream. So you can click the link in chat or you can ride the redirect. Make sure and smash like on this before we leave. We only need 50 more likes to hit 300 likes. So do that on your way out and hit like on the new stream when we get over there. Okay. YouTube's been real funky with likes lately and sometimes they don't count. So double check that when we get over there and you guys can keep gifting members as well. And I'll pay up what I owe when we get over there. Is it not possible to share Mike's audio in discord? Do I have to watch a YouTube video? You got to watch a YouTube video. Thank you so much. Uh, somebody by the name of John ordered some Reforge Roast. Um, oh, this is fake. <laughs> That's fake order. Somebody's testing something out. <laughs> His name was John Smith, and he had all these promos. I was like, what the heck's going on? We're running promos? <laughs> all right. Click the link in chat, guys. We're heading to the new video. <clears throat> Thanks so much for checking out another weekly segment where I sit down with my man 30 and still gaming and we're talking about gaming in 2024. What are we looking forward to anticipating biggest games announcements or hardware all those things. We already did a stream looking back at 2023. If you haven't seen that yet, you can check that one out. And just this week, I have done my own streams talking about what I want from Xbox in 2024, what I want from PlayStation in 2024. We're actually coming from that stream right 
now so do me a favor if you're coming over from there smash the like button if you're watching this past broadcast do the same i'm gonna redirect folks over mike good to see you dude hope you had a good holiday well, man. good to see you yeah 